We're a pioneer church based in Loughborough in the UK. Our mission is to make disciples to establish heaven on earth. And that's what we're going to talk about is uh, living in the kingdom. Uh, what does it mean to live in the kingdom? What is the kingdom of heaven? What does it mean to live in the kingdom? How do we proclaim the kingdom? We'll look to now uh, just explain a bit about the kingdom and, and some of the, the puzzlement that is around Jesus teaching about the kingdom and, the, and him ruling and reigning, and yet the fact that it doesn't always feel like that. And it's quite a puzzling thing to um, love the kingdom and to think, oh, God, you're coming, this is brilliant. And we just watch Pete Gregg saying, great awakening, it's going to be amazing. And then uh, there's other stuff that's going on around the world or in our lives that's the opposite of that. And it's like, how do I... How do I live in that? And it, I think it's quite a pressurized place. So we're going to talk about that this morning. So we just get a sense of what is the kingdom of heaven? Uh, what's the gospel of the kingdom? How do we live, uh, bearing in mind that it doesn't always seem to be brilliant and shining and magic like it's made out to be in the Bible? Um, and then what we're going to do tomorrow is look at, okay, what does it mean for us as a church or groups within the church or for me as an individual to proclaim and live out the kingdom of heaven, what's that? how did Jesus send his mates off on it, and what can we copy from Jesus, what are we looking for, um, and I'll tell a few stories there, but I, I think there's some similarities in, in the kind of things that you as a church are doing, your aspirations, and what we as a church are doing, and, and the kind of aspirations we've had, and um, my seminar will look at creativity, and we'll, I'll just touch on some of that um, as we go through. Good, so... Um, yeah, I think I've covered an introduction. That's just me. Blah, blah, blah. Right, gospel of the kingdom of heaven. So let's have a, let's have a slide. There's a slide. Um, this slide, I've chosen this picture because what I did, I found an artist, brilliant artist. He's got an exhibition on at the moment in Falmouth University. Um, and I said to him, I want you to paint a picture of the kingdom of heaven for me. Uh, and I took some colors that I saw, what I saw in the Bible uh, to do with the kingdom, uh, that in the Bible you see blue in the sky, which represents the heavens where God lives, and you see red on the earth, which represents humanity, where we live, and then uh, there's royalty, which happens to be purple, and you kind of put those together, that's quite nice, uh, happens to be purple, the, the rule of God, and then what you get is um, flashes of white, which is purity, and flashes of gold, which is the glory of heaven, I said, um, do that for me, John, and so he came up with a, a nice big picture, so this is my reminder, I've got, I've got some I've got some glory coming down. Uh, you can't see the whole picture, but there's some kind of red on the bottom and there's some blue and whatever. We, we're looking at here, kingdom of heaven is, um, it's, the, it's basically what Jesus taught about. And it's simply where God rules, where the kind of stuff that he loves doing and he loves to happen happens. It's what has been happening in him for eternity, and it's what will go on happening. And um, what he did when uh, when he started creation was um, this this brilliant way of of going. Okay, I'm gonna. I want to see a kingdom happen that um, is going to be based on love, free will, based on uh, community, and we'll see if it works. Now I know that when you look at the Bible story, you see that it kind of gets derailed. But if you look at the whole Bible story, um, the kingdom of heaven fully, fully happens, where uh, all the rule of heaven happens and will happen on the earth. So we get, if you get my meaning, we get the best of both worlds. I, one of my, as I, I, was, I grew up in a Christian home, and I thought, oh gosh, you know, singing songs and whatever, and, 
uh, just thinking, is, is, is heaven going to be just like a church service all the time? Because the church services I grew up in when I was, I thought, oh gosh, that'd be awful. Just be terrible. Even, I, I know, that, I mean, this is good, but it's quite, if we just had to do this all the time that we've just done, that would be quite exhausting, wouldn't it? Be like, oh gosh, eternity doing this. I like it in chunks, but is there anything else? Can I, um, can I go outside and sit in the sun for a while, Lord, um, and then come back to the worship bit? And actually, I think it, I think it is. It's, the, it's all, the, all the best of earth, the best of experience. And all that we have in heaven, it's all kind of intermingled. I'm really looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward to everything that I love, everything that I enjoy doing, everything that I see that humanity enjoys doing, everything I've got on the planet. I'm looking forward to everything. And I'm looking forward to everything being celebrated beautifully, wonderfully, explored, um, enhanced as, as I go on into eternity. So we're looking at heaven and earth coming together. Next slide is, um, I just thought I'd shove that, that verse that we had earlier because it's a brilliant verse. Um, get it in your heads. The time has come. Here, this moment, this weekend, there is a time happening for you. I feel quite called to you this weekend. I feel sent to you. I feel it's important for me, for me personally to be with you. And I think it's important for me, for you, for me to be with you. And also, I think that this is a, a moment, a, a time, a special time. And the, the Greek word there is it means a special, significant moment. There's a moment, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That means, you know what? Everything of God, you can reach out. He's not far away from any of us. The fullness, the stuff, what we really want, really close. All you do, and we heard earlier, repent, just turn around, just turn your mind, just make a shift. And begin to believe the good news, the gospel of the kingdom. And so um, this weekend, I think, will be a really significant weekend for all of us in different ways. Just, have, just be ready to spot the kingdom of heaven and to say yes to whatever the Holy Spirit is saying to you through whatever aspect of the weekend. Just get ready to say yes um, to it. And um, we talk about, the, uh, we talk about the, the, the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. Let's go on to the, um, the next one, next slide. When, it says, when the Bible says gospel, nearly always says the gospel of something, the gospel of the kingdom of heaven, the gospel of the kingdom of God, the gospel of Jesus, the gospel of peace. Um, so when you think of the word gospel, when I used to think of the word gospel, I used to think um, becoming a Christian, uh, salvation, which is obviously really brilliant, um, where my heart gets changed and I am taken from death into life. Really, really brilliant. Of course, the gospel of the kingdom is that. But we know there's um, a load of other stuff that when you look at Jesus, that's how people's hearts are being changed, but other stuff is happening as well. The good news of the kingdom is interventions that Jesus did that were surprising, that seemed to upend what was going on, particularly the difficult stuff that was going on, the, the stuff that was spiritually was really screwed up. And he, 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 there were miracles around Jesus. And there was healings around Jesus, just strange, extraordinary things that you go, how did that happen? And the gospel of the kingdom of heaven is the intervention of the rule of God in a strange and extraordinary way as well. So we've got salvation on the inside, which is amazing. But also, there are moments when um, the rule of Jesus comes in and changes everything. You think, how did that happen? 
I haven't got a clue how that happened, but it just happened. You look at Jesus, who is the kingdom of heaven embodied, really, because wherever he goes, he's kind of ruling and speaking. Whatever he says happens, and whatever he does, it it sort of works out. Um, So you watch what he does, and and, um, people get fed, people get changed, people get healed. It's like, gosh, what's happening here? This is extraordinary. And so when the kingdom of heaven is breaking into our present earth, and it's all a bit tricky, difficult, then we will see flashes of this. We will see this, and, and it's almost like the, the extraordinary will become ordinary uh, in our lives. Now, it doesn't, it's not like we then just become, we're miracle workers, and we've got superpowers. It's not like that at all. But actually, the fact that, the, that Jesus intervenes into stuff when we pray, and things happen and things change. You go, how did that happen? And um, it's like a flash of that gold paint coming into who we are. It's like, oh, oh my goodness. This is the gospel of the kingdom. This is as real as our normal earthly reality. And you, you, you start to get used to it. It's, it's worth getting used to it because we're going to be living in this for a long time, getting used to the extraordinary. So that's part of the, the good news of the kingdom. Another part of it is social justice, that when Jesus, when he, when he came, a, a huge part of the, the talk of the Bible is about changing the injustice that is in the world, the things that don't go right. And there's a lot that don't, don't go right. There's stuff that doesn't go right in our bodies, in our minds, in our relationships, in our politics, um, in the earth itself. And it looks like over the last hundred years or so, the things that haven't gone right between us, socially, economically, are now completely destroying the earth. And the Bible is all about um, the rule of God coming and changing that. And it's called righteousness and justice in the Old Testament. Um, that, um, that Jesus comes to bring justice to the planet and he comes to bring justice to people groups. And um, where, where people have been forced down because of our greed and our pride and whatever. The gospel of the kingdom is, no, we're going to pick those people up. And we're going to help some of these people. We're going to do something new with these people. The, the, the good news of the kingdom is good news socially. It's, a, it's a, a social justice good news where a new community or a number of new communities are formed, and this would be one of them, where actually the kind of thing, the ways that are out there in the world that are pretty gruesome and people get hurt, they're not the ways of this community. And you begin to live that out, and it's really good, and people go, oh, I want some of that. That looks really good. I could fit there. I could, I could find myself there. I could find some healing and some some goodness there, that would do me some good. And, and that grows and it grows. And that's the kind of mission of the church, really, is to be a, a community of the kingdom of heaven. So that's part of it as well. And another part of it, which is it's a bit vaguer, I've got human, cultural, cosmic. Well, that's quite big, really, isn't it? Is the kingdom of heaven is about everything. Everything. Everything you do. Everything you're about. And as the more I've kind of been looking out for Jesus in everything, not just in salvation and, you know, my church work, and, and not just in the extraordinary or even in the, the social justice, good and right or all those, but what about everything else I do? What about when I take the dog for a walk? What about when I make a meal? What about when I go to the cinema? What about when I'm um, fixing the car? What about when I'm watching TV? What about when I'm with friends? What, what, what about... Um, engineering, what about science, Uh, what about sport, what about theatre, what about this, all this, 
The kingdom of heaven is for all this and is in all this already. In fact, when I open my eyes, I see the kingdom of heaven is absolutely everywhere. And then when I'm, when I, when I'm looking for the kingdom, I see the kingdom, I'm just getting inspired. I'm get, I get filled with the Holy Spirit when I see the kingdom in the most ordinary things. It's not just in church. It's not just in a prayer meeting. It's not just when I'm doing good, and hopefully I do good in the community through some of our projects. Everywhere. Everywhere I go, everything I'm doing, when I start looking for the kingdom, I see the kingdom of Jesus. I go, oh my goodness, that's fantastic. God, that's amazing. And I start, and I, something in me starts worshipping. Now, that happens to most humans, but they don't realize it. Or they kind of do and they half do. So you see a sunset or a sunrise. They go, oh gosh, that's amazing. Oh, wow. You know, it kind of stops you. go, oh, that's amazing. Or um, you might be, I don't know, sometimes when you sit in, I just like sitting with a cup of tea sometimes. I go, oh, that is really, oh, that is really nice. Maybe and some cake. And that is really. By the way, we what we don't have in Stafford that you have. This is making Loughborough sound better than Stafford, which is a bit annoying. Um, you've got some really great coffee shops, like that bonbon place with um, with those uh, cookie things. It's like I have been there a few times to the uh, both of them, both, and and I've sat with a coffee or a tea. And when I was again, life doesn't get better than this. When I consciously go, this is really good, and I go, this is good, and I might go a little kind of prayer, not that I'm super spiritual, but it's just a kind of, oh, this is really good, and I know that I'm saying that to God as well as to myself. Kingdom of heaven is there. King, that is a kingdom of heaven moment for me. I say, oh, this is good. Now, when we start looking for the kingdom, you start seeing the kingdom, you start seeing Jesus, and you, your heart erupts, and you think, I want other people to have this. Not everyone can sit in bonbon with a coffee or a tea and a cookie because some people's lives they, they're so chaotic and so tragic they <clears throat> they can't get there they're not having what I'm having uh, it's, it's too strained for them to sit there but so I go oh god I want other people to experience this I know it feels it doesn't feel very Christian it's not like there's worship music going on in there but God's there and God's with me. God could be any, with anyone in a place like that. So what, what I want to do is encourage you to look for the kingdom anywhere and everywhere. And we'll, we'll, we'll do a bit more of that in the seminar this afternoon. <clears throat> um, a great definition of the kingdom. Next slide. Justice, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I just love this. It sums it up because um, uh, it, it sort of sums everything up. This is the kingdom of heaven. Justice, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Justice, like I said... Where, where justice is the, the actions and the acts of setting everything right that isn't right. Whatever that is, it might be rightness in relationships or in politics or economics or with the earth or um, in our bodies. It's, it's the act of setting things right. This is what Jesus wants to do. And actually, most humans want things to be right, and that's why we campaign, that's why people do stuff. And whether you're a Christian or not, there's something in you that goes, I just want it to be right. There's also something in you that, that wants things, you want to get in charge, and so you, as long as it's right for you, it doesn't matter if it's not right for someone else. Now, that is, that, that's sin. But we want, what Jesus brings is right for me that is also right for you. Ah, oh, that's amazing. Oh, that'd be really good. If what is right for me is right for you and right for the other person, ah, oh, be really, really good. That's what, And our, our society is so complex. How are we going to work that out? How are we going to still have our lovely lives here in the UK and also look after the planet and also make sure that other people have lovely lives? We're going to have to do something completely different. 
aren't we, in order for that to happen all over the world. It's going to have to be completely different. But it's all right, because what makes my life lovely isn't necessarily the things I think make my life lovely. If I, if I, can, have a, I can have a cookie and a cup of tea, not in Bombay, it could be in my back garden. I've been to the slums of India, and I love chai, street chai in India, and I've worked in India a fair amount. And I sit on a dusty pavement in a city in India, and I have a chai... I get it's exactly the same as sitting in bonbon with a um, with a cookie. Kingdom of Heaven is there, so I, I just didn't need to reorientate some of my thinking. But we're going after righteousness and justice. Uh, we, we're going after um, peace. Shalom is the Old Testament word for this. It's uh, it's like it's not just um, uh, there's no war. It's like there's 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 prosperity and goodness and health and wholeness in every way it's just a, it's friends being together it's families it's um i don't know things working out really well again it, it works its way into relationships and into economics and whatever shalom is the there's a beautiful image that keeps popping up in the bible a shalom image and it's um it's a, a person who sits under their fig tree and invites their neighbor to join them really really nice the idea, or, or under that olive tree. We've got, I notice you've got, uh, Ness and Rich, you've got olive trees outside your house, haven't you? You've got really great olive trees. We've got two scrawny olive trees outside our house. Are they fig trees? And you've got a fig tree as well. See, okay, I'm true. Yeah, no, I've got two scrawny olives. I got a fig to add to this whole, I'm thinking I need to live in Shalom. My fig tree just died horribly. I'm really rubbish at the whole Shalom living in my own back garden. But there's a beautiful image. Shalom is you sit there with a neighbor. Oh, this is good. It's a lovely image, actually, of, of peaceful living. And then um, joy, well, fun, humor, laughter, all the great stuff. And again, you know, when we talk about the gospel, we often talk about seriousness and intensity and uh, whatever. What about, all the, what about all the fun and the joy? Uh, that comes, that's in the kingdom. God loves it when we're laughing. He loves it when we're joyful. He loves the party. He loves the exuberance. He loves all this stuff. And, and, and unfortunately, because we rightly we, we think this is serious business, helping people find God is serious business. And, and so we get quite serious about it, and that's absolutely right. Sometimes we might miss the joy, and then people only see the seriousness, and, uh, and they can't quite make it because they're going, ah, but there's joy, there's joy. There's joy. It's a brilliant, brilliant summing up of the kingdom of heaven. And um, I, was try- I-, I wanted to find a photo uh, of a, for me it would be a kind of outdoor, you know, a table laden with food outside in the sun is for me as kind of sums up the kingdom of heaven. I, found a- I f- did find a photo, but it had my mother in law. We live with my mother-in-law, and she was in an apron, and it just ruined the photo, the apron. Uh, it was- <laughs> she's kind of grinning. <laughs> So I thought, oh, I don't know, it doesn't... So I found this one. This is the best meal that me and Bev have ever been to. It's, a, um, it's, a, it's in a, a palace on the Grand Canal in Venice. And it was just this massive feast. It must have cost an absolute fortune. Um, so it's not outside. It was sunny outside, but we were sitting... So it's basically an image of, this is good. This is really, really good. This is the kingdom of heaven for you. Uh, light streaming in. Friends, food, enjoyment, all is right, not just with your little world, but all is right with others as well. So you've got a brilliant, 
clear conscience as you enjoy this friendship moment because you know that others are enjoying it as well. This is the kingdom of heaven. This is worth laying our lives down for. To invite people into this would be amazing. This is good news. This is good news. So um, <clears throat> that's a, a, an example. Oh, another just, just little tip, little kingdom of heaven tip when you come to events like this, by the way, is um, <clears throat> make sure you bring a uh, coffee bag with you. That's what I did. And I just, um, I brought a coffee bag because I saw, well, I just always have them at Christian conferences. Uh, I saw, ah, oh, some instant coffee there. That's nice. But you know what? A coffee bag takes it to a whole new level. So just make sure you do that. If you need to, you know, go to co-op, get some coffee bags, bring them back in. Just slightly changes it from this is okay to this is brilliant. The coffee break is brilliant. So um, there's an example of the, um, of the kingdom of heaven. Okay, creation. Let's just look at the creation story, get a sense of what was going right and what went wrong. Then we can find ourselves in it because there is a story that we play our part in. Um, so uh, uh, this, is a, this is, a, um, it's a place in Cornwall, Tree Bar Gardens, which is just this amazing place with a, a lovely house and you kind of go down to a, a beach at the bottom and it's just these big plants, uh, which is just great. So for me, uh, it kind of feels a bit like what the Garden of Eden must have felt like. And um, what you have in the beginning is God creating the heavens and the earth. And uh, uh, just the, the thing about when we talk about the kingdom of heaven, uh, we, we kind of end up as humans often looking up to the heaven going, oh, that's beautiful, that's amazing, that sky's beautiful. Or at night, you look at the stars and you go, gosh, that's incredible. Something in us, there's something transcendent that's been built into our humanity uh, as we do that. I don't think that's an accident. And um, what God does is he separates the waters into some heavens above and the waters into the sea below. And there's this kind of, there's this sort of separation where you're yearning for heaven. We're standing on the earth yearning for heaven. And actually what happens right at the end of the Bible is all that great heavenly stuff that we've yearned for all our lives. It says it's, it comes down. And there's this amazing city that comes out of heaven. The whole of that, all that goodness, all that awesomeness comes down and meets the earth. So what happens in the beginning is God creates this amazing cosmos, an amazing earth. And uh, there's heavens and there's earth and there's, there's, um, there's order and there's beauty. Uh, and he organ for those who love organizing things, he organizes it really, really well. And um, for those who like to have everything in their place, he puts everything in its place. Uh, for those who like to... Um, Step, step back and measure things and go, you know, I'm doing a bit of measurement stuff here. Uh, qualitative measurements some quantitative measurement. God does all that in chapter one of Genesis. He's going, you know, so he's, the reason why we are like we are and we love to, well, some of us love to tidy up, others don't love to tidy up. Uh, we love to organize things. Uh, we love to, we love the pursuits that we love, whether it's ex scientific exploration, whether it's a mathematical problem, whether it's um, uh, enjoying music. All You find it all on the first page of Genesis. You find that God is like that. And so, therefore, he creates this world that is, just reflects him. And then he puts people into this world. And... Um, uh, and they're there basically to enjoy, they're made in his image and his likeness, just enjoying all this. And, and what they're meant to do is extend what he's given them. So he says, oh, I've, I've done it, I've started the thing off for you. Um, here's a garden. Now get stuck into this garden and extend it so it just grows. So basically the goodness that you've experienced and is in you, it just grows and grows and grows until 
as the prophet says, the knowledge uh, of the glory of the Lord will increase and fill as the waters cover the sea. That, um, somehow that's what I want you to do. Just fill this place until in the end, the whole of earth and the whole of heaven is just filled with the goodness of God. And you see that on the last page of the Bible as well. That's the image. So the story we're in is God sets it up to, um, for human beings to, to live and move and work and do their stuff, the stuff that was just in us, to do it and for that to influence the whole of the planet so that the whole planet really flourishes and it fills and fills and fills until the end of the day that the heaven and the earth are just filled with goodness and great stuff that we've, we've our attributes, we've taken God's thing, we've enhanced it and added to it and kind of, you know, painted it and whatever. And then in the end, God and humanity living together. And so um, we've got things like words like rule and subdue in chapter one. I want you to rule and subdue, which sound a bit domineering at times, but it's not. It's basically just bring some order. You love order. Who here loves order? Loves to, yeah, yeah. And you do, yeah. So some, people, some of us love order. Who here loves unorder? Okay, so we're all quite different, aren't we? Um, so you've got, interestingly, uh, you've got loads of order, and you've got, even in the first page of the Bible, you've got loads of unorder, where the animals are just, go off and do your stuff, God says. Just go and do your stuff. And, and um, so uh, that's not in a very orderly fashion. It's just go and multiply, fill, fill the earth and multiply. So ruling is bringing some order into, into the place in a good way, in a freeing sort of way, to make it, even better. And subduing is not, um, I, later on in the Bible, subduing is all about people. Subduing people is horrible. Um, but in this, in the, the word is, it's, it's, you get the word to tread from subdue, where you, you're, you're treading something, you're putting some pressure on something. If you put pressure on something, then actually you can get the best out of it. You put pressure, I guess, on a grape or a bunch of grapes, you tread them down. And what happens is you then eventually you're going to get wine if actually you put some stuff if, if you subdue the wine the, the grape juice enough you're going to get something amazing you start off with grapes which are good but then you put a bit of pressure on those grapes in a variety of different ways and they're brilliant so going back to coffee bag tea bag if I get some tea leaves and um, put them in a cup and then I subdue them with some boiling hot water they just this this stuff comes out of them. You see it, and all that dark richness comes out of the tea leaves and swirls around the cup. And something new comes from the water and the tea leaves. Something brand new. It's called a cup of tea. I take some milk, which and the cow has been subdued. Um, bless her. Uh, put some milk in the tea. What I've got is I've got some milk, I've got some tea, I've got some water. I have subdued that water for about two minutes in a kettle and I've kind of really subdued it till it's boiling because it needs to boil. It's going to make a good cup of tea, doesn't it? Um, wow, what I've come out with is amazing. We all do this. We all love to order. We all love to subdue. Um, we all love to use our creativity or our engineering skills. My dad was an engineer, so basically he subdued electricity all his life. Um, that's, what he, that's what he did. He loved doing that. And I think God really enjoyed the fact my dad was into that. And that's what he did with his, his life. He invented ways of subduing power. That, uh, this is what we're born to do. And then um, we find on chapter 2, uh, there's two other words in the garden. Cultivate and keep. These are a little bit more 
priestly. They're kind of, we understand these particularly at the moment as we're um, getting an appreciation of our earth and how we need to look after the earth. Where we, The word cultivate is the same word in the Bible to work and it's the same word to serve and it's the same word to worship. It just basically means I'm going to give myself to this. I'm going to serve this. I'm going to serve this earth. I'm going to serve these people. I'm going to serve this stuff. And I just want it to really flourish. That's what cultivating does. We serve kids. We serve plants. We serve dogs, whatever. I just want these things to flourish. And keep means to protect. It means to cherish. It means to honor, to guard. We're told in the Bible to keep God's commandments. It's the same word. It's just keep them precious in you. Just like, like when you cherish something you so love. Some people keep bonsai trees. We had a friend um, who had these little bonsai trees, kind of really, you know, doing all this. I don't know what he was doing, but it was like this. He was doing something like this. Maybe he's clipping the trees. I don't know. He's keeping these bonsai trees, protecting them, making the most of them. Oh, so much care and attention given to them. This is the kingdom of heaven. This is what we're about. We, we rule, we subdue, we cultivate, we keep. It's all there. Now, we know that, um, next slide. Oh, by the way, those were, before we go to the next slide, um, uh, red currants from my dad's garden. They're big, aren't they? I know they're, they're, they're not that big because um, the slide's been blown up. Um, but there's enough. My dad was really good at fruit, the whole fruit tree thing. I'm not very good at it, as you know. Um, but this last summer, what a crop. And it, it struck me. I thought, wow, when you put a little bit of time into something, the results are amazing. I just want to encourage you that this is... Uh, I know I'm talking about uh, red currants or whatever, but translate it into your thing. Translate it into people. Translate it into people you're serving. Translate it into systems. Translate it into politics. Translate it into the kind of activities you're doing in church or at university. Translate it and go, this is what God has called you to do. And with the Holy Spirit inside you, you know what? The effect you can have on our planet and among people is extraordinary. It's the Jesus kind of effect where just people's lives absolutely change, where we, we make such a difference that what was an injustice is no longer injustice. People are no longer trapped, that people are set free. Uh, people who have been hassling in their minds over something for ages. You simply bring the rule of Jesus and you simply um, bring some creative pressure to help them to flourish. You cultivate them. <gasps> They're set free. This is the kingdom of heaven. So um, uh, then things go wrong. We know that in chapter 3. And there's a, a, what we're still having to use, we're still having to do all this stuff, rule and subdue, but it's like, ah, it's resisting us. Everything is resistant. You're resistant to me. I want to cultivate you. You don't want me to cultivate you. I hate you now. That kind of thing. I, you know, if you've got a friendship or if you're, you're married, you must have been through these times where you, you go... Um, you know, you want to do something for someone, they're just not in the mood for you to do something for them, and so they're a bit grumpy with you. So then you get grumpy with them, and they go, ah, and it ends up being, it started as a beautiful moment where you wanted to serve, and it ends up being a horrible argument. You think, oh, what's that? Well, it's the fall, it's this brokenness that is kind of, it seems now to be inbuilt into everything, and it's like, even, even when they're, you know, Adam and Eve are doing their gardening, it's like, that is more resistance. It's joyful work has become toil. It's a, it's a different kind of thing now. And so there's a resistance. And so now what we have, when we're, we're wanting to, to spread the good news of the kingdom, it's hard, it doesn't always happen. 
and uh, you're wanting to cultivate and it can't be cultivated. You want to rule and the thing that you're wanting to rule is not being ruled, it's resisting to you. Or you want to rule, but there's because of your own brokenness, you really want to rule and you want your will to be done. And then that hurts people. And half of your desire is a good, and half of your desire is a bit selfish, and you then put it into practice as you're organizing some people, or you might be managing some people, and some of your management is really good, and some of your management is not so good, and then there's a bit of a mess, and you think, oh, how am I going to work this out? It's hard. It's really hard being human, because we're wired for the kingdom of heaven. That's how God made us. And now we're, in, now we're all kind of corrupted on the inside and everyone else is corrupted and the earth is corrupted. And so, ah, it's really hard. What do I do? I want to rule. I want to subdue. But every time I subdue, I end up crushing someone. I don't, I don't want to crush anyone. Paul in, in the New Testament says, I do what I don't want to do. I don't do what I do want to do. What a wretched person I am. And that's, a, that's where we're up to. There's a kind of wretchedness in us. I just want to call out of you, though, the kingdom of heaven in you and the desire for the kingdom of heaven because it's in you. And as the Holy Spirit dwells in you, he'll guide you through the wretchedness in order to deal with the things that are more corrupt in your life and to have hope that actually God will, he will use you in amazing ways to bring his rule and reign on people and actually change the earth and the planet. This is his plan. This is his purpose. This is what he wants for us. So although we're kind of in this squeezed, horrible place, um, it's possible to, to live there. There's a, let's go on to the next slide. Um, oh, but no, just go, just go back. I forgot about that picture. Um, some of you are involved in Bless in Normandy. Is that right? Who's, who's that? What's your name? Ruth. And so Ruth and the so-called Jill. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've just been there. And this is a, this is a caravan that is on this particular area in a city called Caen where there's a load of refugees that are just desperate to, they'd love to get to the UK. And, you know, obviously it's really, really hard. Anyway, there's a bunch of people who care for these refugees, a bunch of Christians, actually not just Christians, um, other people, and even some of the refugees are now caring for other refugees, guys who come from all over the world, and, and that kind of represents their world. So it's broken and it's pressurized, but there's a few people, there's a tiny team of people who are being kind and bringing the order of the kingdom into these guys' lives. And it is beautiful, it is sweet, it is slow and steady and you think, oh, is it worth it, is it worth it? You know what, every cup of tea given, every tube of toothpaste given, every fleece given is the rule of the kingdom of heaven in that broken place. And it's stunning, it's amazing. And actually, there's a couple of these guys are now around the edge of church. They've got Muslim background, but they're now the, around the edge of church. They're intrigued. They're wanting to come in. They're wanting to find more of a good God who loves them because these people love them. So um, this is an example of we, we, we know we've got good stuff in us. We want to work it out on the earth. It's just quite hard to work it out on the earth. So we, next slide. We're standing between the two ages. We've got the age... Um, uh, that we're living in, which is difficult and tough and broken. We've got the age to come that Jesus brings in the kingdom of heaven fully. That we, we, we see it on the last page of the Bible. We're standing between these two ages. And um, uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul, just go on to the next slide. The Apostle Paul puts it this way. Um, he says, uh, these things, like good stuff, so he refers back to Israel in the desert where they're 
having a great time with God, they're baptized into God, they're feasting and they're drinking, and it's all really brilliant, even though it's kind of hard. But also, things go wrong, they get angry, they're idolatrous, they're immoral, and just things go wrong between them. And they're kind of doing these two things all at once. And he says, um, uh, Paul says, it's this, now these things happened, all these two things, good stuff and bad stuff. As an example, they're written for our instruction, our instruction upon whom the ends of the ages have come. That's why we feel squeezed, because you and me, we're living between two ends. We're living between, at the bottom we've got um, the earth, and at the top we've got this other kingdom that is coming, and then Jesus came and he began this brand new kingdom, and we are squeezed in the middle. There's a guy who wrote about this, and he said, the reason I've got a Normandy, it's another Normandy picture, the Normandy landings there, is he said, this is like, what happened when Jesus came? It's like uh, D-Day where um, Jesus came and won the big war. And the victory was won on D-Day, for it was for the Allies, it was won. But then there was kind of months of fighting still before finally the war ended. And even in that Normandy area, it took months for those, once D-Day happened, for the Allies to kind of get to villages, you know, 10 miles out, 20 miles out, 30 miles out from where they invaded on those beaches. A victory happens when Jesus says, the new kingdom has come. But we then have to work it out as the new kingdom is still coming in our lives and through us until one day the kingdom is fully here. And we live, Paul says, between the ends of the ages and it is so squeezed, it is so pressurized. To live in this place, to live between the two is really hard. Um, And I just want to speak into that um, for a moment to go... Okay, so um, what, does it, what does it feel like when you're, you're living between heaven and earth? As a, you don't do, uh, Loughborough, you don't do drama, do you? That's not on the, do you? Do you do drama? There is a drama degree that people can do. Okay, for those who are doing drama, good. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. You do theatre. There's this line from Hamlet which goes, um, what, shall, what shall such fellows as us do crawling between heaven and earth we are arrant knaves all crawling between heaven and earth it strikes me as a that's how I sometimes feel that I'm crawling between these two things I I have I have aspirations for heaven but I'm just so battered and beaten by the earth or laid low by it or look round and go oh my goodness you know look round at the where we're up to with the planet where we're up to with you know wars just about to happen and War's happening, you go, oh, this is awful, this is awful. I don't know if I can believe in that one because of this that's going on here. I have moments of belief. Help me in my unbelief because I don't always believe. I just, I'm standing between the two. I'm crawling between the two. I find it really hard between the two. And um, let's go on to the next uh, slide. There's a, a lovely verse with our puppy dog. Um, says this, I would have despaired unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. And so um, I want to encourage you that this, you've been built for the kingdom of heaven, wired for the kingdom. The Holy Spirit in you is bringing that alive. That's why there's hope. That's why there's desire. That's why there's faith. But at the same time, you're living on earth and it's hard, and things don't go right, and the massive things don't go right, and also the things don't go right in our hearts, and things don't go right in our worlds with our friends and our family. And it's, it's really, really tough. I would have despaired 
if I had not seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I want to encourage you to look out for the goodness of the Lord, even when things are really, really bad. And I know as a church, you've just been through the most awful time because um, around looking after the Wilson family and what happened with Lauren. And I've just been tracking that and praying with you over the last you know, few months. It's just like it, it is this. It's just, for me, it's like, oh God, I don't, I don't want this anymore. I don't want this. This is when you're crying out and you know that there's a desire in you for the kingdom of heaven. You're built for the goodness of the kingdom. And the kingdom, it happens and it doesn't happen all at once around these kind of issues when things go wrong in our lives. And yet at the same time, there's some amazing stuff that is happening around it where there's death and life all mixed up together. It's like, oh God, this is so hard. How do I live like this? I speak into you because for you as a church, for all of you as individuals, where you're up to now, where where you're going to be, I, I just want to encourage you that this is where we are. This is how it is. Jesus understands it because he himself stood in that place where it was really fantastic and really awful all at once. And he's completely squeezed just totally squeezed. He's going, oh God, like that, God. Working it out in his humanity where he sees great stuff and he sees awful stuff. He's completely let down. He's in agony. He's dying. All all that he wants to bring in the kingdom is kind of being taken away from him. And yet he's trusting that God will bring the kingdom through him. It's like, ah, two things all at once. How do you do it? We have a story that happened to us back at the bear and the, the, the church we were leading in London was called The Bear because it met in a, in a pub called The Brown Bear. Uh, a bunch of students, and we had one guy come to us. He'd just finished his degree, and during his finals, he'd been ill because he'd had cancer during his finals, and he came along to us. He was really, understandably, he was just really angry, and I used to have to, I picked him up and brought him to our stuff, and he just sat in the corner. He was just so angry because he, he wanted to get on with his life and whatever, and, and he wasn't well. He'd done his degree, I was just kind of moody, and I just didn't know how to handle him. And, and it, whenever he came, we, we were a group of, I don't know, about 40, 50 people, something like that. So not a very big group. He's there, and it's just, just his presence, his frustration is just palpable there. It's awful. And then it got to the Christmas, and something happened in his life. He, he'd been brought up by Christian parents, but he somehow met with Jesus over the Christmas. And he was completely different. In himself. Now he wasn't getting better. In fact, he was getting worse. But he was just completely different. Um, and he started. So he said, "Oh, can you bring me early, Martin? I'll help you set up. You know, it's when you're setting up church and the tech and the chairs and all that sort of thing." So he used to help me, and it was just I love being with him. He got iller, and by the time it got to Easter, he was in hospital at Easter, and I went with um, with Bev. We went to Bev's parents who were living in Western Supermare. I, I thought, oh, I need to ring him and see how he's doing. You know, pastorally, I rang him from hospital, and he was in hospital, and he's talking to me down the phone. It's in the olden days, by the way, this is, the olden days, where the phone is plugged into the wall. I don't know if you've ever seen a phone like that, where there's a wire that comes to the phone. Anyway, so I'm, pho- so I'm phoning this guy, talk- wanting to encourage him, and you know, you know, how you doing, Andy, whatever. As I'm talking to him, there's more life in him than there is in me at that point. And my hand, my arm just starts buzzing, just like hot buzzing. I'm shaking as I'm holding this phone because I can't, it's, my hand is buzzing. 
And I'm just feeling like, oh, gosh, what's going on in this conversation? I'm loving this conversation with him. I've rung to encourage him. He's encouraging me. And my hand is hot. What's going on here? It was like there was... The iller he became, the more full of life he was. And I used to take... We had some, some guys in our church who were messed up and they, they had... We, we took them away for weekends like this. We always had ambulances come because of overdoses and stupid things. Was, I hope no ambulances come because of that. Please. No overdoses this weekend. Um, it was always, so we got these very messed up people and I would take them in to see Andy and they would just be amazed. There's something of the kingdom of heaven seeping into their souls. And I realized, this was for me, this was life-changing. He's lying on his bed, can't do anything, but he's got it all. And I thought, you've got it, Andy. And here am I preaching. I mean, I'm, how old was I? Late 20s. We were the oldest in the church at that point. I'm wanting the kingdom of heaven. I'm aspiring for the kingdom. And I've just come across someone who's got it. He's got it all. He's got everything. And it's pouring out of him. And he can't do anything, and he's got everything. And I think it was that moment that I realized this is the gospel. This is the good news of the kingdom. I'm, this is so holy. And it completely changed my life. It was like, this is what I want to live for. I want to live for these moments where even in the middle of tragedy, heaven is coming to earth. And it's like, there's more of heaven now on the earth than I've ever seen. This is it. I want to live for this. I want to proclaim this. I want other people to have this. And we said goodbye to him, but my life was changed. My ministry, my, my church leading kind of, you know, what I do. From that moment onwards, it was like, now I'm about the kingdom. I, another story, kind of a bit similar. A number of years ago, Bev's dad got ill 10 years ago, just over 10 years ago. He got ill and very quickly, um, just within a few weeks, he was, he was dying, he was in bed. My mum... She'd had Alzheimer's for years, and this was just before she, she couldn't, she stopped talking, stopped. She wasn't making any sense, but she could walk. She wanted to come and see Bev's dad, and so she came around to Bev's dad's house, and um, she wasn't really talking much. I got her up the stairs. She couldn't really walk very much. Um, she got into the room. Bev's dad is lying there. It's just a few days before he dies. He can't, I don't know if he can hear or not. She's not spoken any sense for a couple of years. She was a Christian. Um, and she goes, Richard, Jesus is here. God is bigger than all this. And then she knelt down, she, she bent down, she kissed his forehead. I'd not heard her speak any words of sense for ages. And it's like she prophesied. And me and Bev are in the room thinking, what is happening in this room? It's like she's opened her mouth and it's resounding in the room. Here's a guy who's losing his, his body, bodily functions are all gone. Here's a woman who has lost her mind and yet in that moment, she speaks the truth and the truth is bigger than it all. It's better than it all. And my mum went into a home not long later and, and stayed there for five years and died and she had the Alzheimer's for ages, but that moment, I'm thinking, okay, so this is what you do, Jesus. You come into our brokenness and our sadness, where our minds have gone or where our bodies have gone, where we're grieving. You walk into the room of grief, and your kingdom is there. 
And it's beautiful, even though it's tragic here on earth. There's a beauty. And I think Jesus is looking for people who live like this. Live between heaven and earth. And know that it's, um, it's not easy, but as you live there and as you just say, okay, God, I'm broken, I don't know what I believe anymore. I don't know how I can hope. I find it quite hard to lift my eyes to heaven. But he goes, it's okay, I'm just going to come to you and fill you with my spirit. And I'm going to lead you and, and I'd, like to, I'd like my kingdom to be established in your life and through you. And whatever you do, whoever you meet, whatever friends you have, whatever family you have, whatever work you do, I'd like my kingdom to be established in you because you know what? Um, this kingdom is not going to stop growing. This kingdom is going to push back darkness. This kingdom is going to repair the planet. This kingdom is going to see to the poor and the refugee. This kingdom is going to see bodies healed and, and relationships restored. And he's just looking for a few people, ordinary people, like me and Bev in that room, just ordinary children of old adults, He's looking for people who go, yeah, okay, I'm going to live um, for this. I'm going to live in this way. And there's a, there's a verse, famous verse about faith. So um, next slide. Faith is the assurance or literally the substance of things hoped for, the convictions or the evidence of things not seen. How you, how you can have evidence of things not seen, it doesn't make any sense. But there's something of living by faith. And it's like, a, I just want to demonstrate something to you before we quickly end because there's only one minute left it's like we're standing in i said between two it's like we're standing in two worlds there's the kingdom of heaven and there's the kingdom of the earth the old the old way of doing things and you're in these both things and often you come into a situation you, you, there's both going on and faith is the substance the underpinning of these things that are hoped for and what i think we need to do is learn to live in both places, we're not running away from the earth because God wants us on the earth. And you know what? The earth is really beautiful. There's some great things going on. He wants us there, fully there, enjoying it, appreciating it, engaged. But just begin to put your weight onto the kingdom of heaven. Just begin to... I'm not, I'm not, I'm not changing. My, my foot is still touching the ground on the earth, but my weight, I'm believing now in the things of God and the kingdom. I want to be fully on the earth, fully part of it. However difficult it is, I want to be fully there. But I want to be really fully in the kingdom. And at the moment, I'm just putting my weight on this. And so I've got an image of parkour here where um, using, basically, I'm, you're being propelled by putting your foot on stuff that is solid, that propels you to the next thing. And you're engaging with the air, you're engaging with the ground, and you're, you're pushing through, you're dancing, you're able to do this. There's a risk and there's a danger to it all, but there's an elation in it all. This is how Jesus lived. This is how we can live. It's this kind of, I am leaning into you, Jesus. I'm putting my weight on this, and I'm trusting you, and I'm fully in the earth, and I love your world. However awful it is at times and how difficult it is at times, I love it and I want to see a difference to it, but I know the difference will come if I just lean into you right now and I put my weight onto you now. And so um, just finally, I, I, I want to pray about our inner and outer lives. And there's a, there's a verse, just go on to the, just go on to the next slide. It's, uh, this is Stephen in the New Testament, who is one of these people who it's all going horribly wrong for, and yet he's also, he's living the kingdom. And man, it's a great story. If you look at Stephen, it's a really brilliant story. It says this, being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed intently into heaven. 
and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, behold, look, I see the heavens opened up and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. This is what he saw. Everyone else, it says, they cried out with a loud voice. They covered their ears. They rushed at him with one impulse. It's kind of awful. But he sees it all. His face is shining. And I want to pray um, for, for you now that when you, if you're feeling squeezed at the moment, caught between these two things, I want to pray about that squeezing. And um, I think that God is wanting to draw some people into a a deeper place where you can occupy more of the ground of the kingdom. You can go deeper, you can go stronger because God has laid on your life a sense of call that you know is in you that you desperately, desperately want to fulfill. So I'm going to pray for you now. I'm going to read some verses from the Bible over you and just be honest with God about your belief, your unbelief, your hopes and your fears your humanity and your spirituality. And if there's that sense in you that wants to serve the kingdom of heaven deep down, just open that bit now to the Holy Spirit. And I'll read and I'll pray. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you, with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would place your hand on those areas in our lives of bruising, of hopelessness, of despair, of desire, of energy and aspiration, of joy and of sadness, of strength and of weakness. Place your hand now on us. And I pray, Jesus, that your kingdom rule would flow from your heart into our hearts and that you would awaken our hearts to faith and to hope. And you would stir within us a fresh calling to live for you in such a joyful, peaceful, just-filled way that our lives make a difference to those around us and even to our planet. Jesus, lay your hands on us now and speak your healing love and your strong hope for the sake of the gospel of the kingdom.